Hey guys, welcome to another edition of our Indie Author Spotlight on Another World Audiobooks. I'm super excited once again to be able to bring this to you. This is not a normal episode. Normal episodes get published on every single Sunday, but we uh, I'm, I've been <laughs> so enjoying doing these Indie Author Spotlights in the middle of the week where I publish some bonus content that you guys can enjoy and uh, get introduced to the works of a new author. So this may not be your normal genre, but I hope that I'm introducing you to some new upcoming indie authors that you want to connect with and um, you know just help support them. That's what this is all about. We are a community, and that is why today I'm introducing you to my new friend Matt Brown and his book called Val. Now this is a very special treat because this hasn't even been published yet, but I came across Matt on Twitter and he was gracious enough to allow me to read this to you guys as a, a, just a sample of his work so you can kind of get a taste for what he's doing. You can find all his stuff at a writersthoughts.com and I'm definitely linking all his things along with his Twitter at MATBrown012. Uh, so definitely go check him out on Twitter and uh, his blog. You can find a lot of his work there. He's uh, He publishes blog posts of uh, different chapters of his uh, of his books and they're they're really engaging i've really enjoyed reading it so far so i hope that you guys enjoy it too so yeah we're gonna get the first two chapters today we'll do the next two chapters the next day and then probably about three chapters on the on thursday so hope you guys enjoy this make sure to go and support his stuff and uh, check him out thanks so much for listening and i hope you enjoy the first two chapters of valkyrie valkyrie by matt brown narrated by brady smith chapter one the screams of the dying echoed around her as soot, smoke, and ash permeated the air. It was stifling, choking her every breath, and brought tears to her eyes. Her armor was coated in blood, her face splattered in it like Jester's makeup. Some of it had dried in her hair, matting it, soaked through to the scalp. She had lost count in the slaughter, the faces of the men, women, and children all blurring together. It was a warrior's trick, a way to distance yourself from caring who fell to your blade. But amidst the din, a cry went out one so sharp that it parted the cacophony of violence raging around her. She turned, focusing on its source, her eyes narrowing on a small hovel just a few steps away. Stepping inside to investigate, the cry was coming from underneath a woman, covered in blood. Carefully, she turned the woman over. Her eyes were rolled back in her head, and mouth open in a twisted mask of horror. The source of the sound was a small child, laying underneath, covered in its mother's blood, its birth cord still attached. Somehow, the child had survived, at least for the moment. She gripped the hilt of her sword, staring hard at the infant, its cry slowly becoming the only thing in her ears. She knelt, drawing her dagger from its sheath. Their orders were absolute. The child suddenly stopped crying, turning to look at her. It reached out aimlessly, its tiny fingers grazing the dagger that she was holding so close to it. In that moment, something gave, like a dam holding back a flood. It was overwhelming, rending her heart. She could see the faces of the dead, their accusing stares glaring hatefully at her. The screams of the dying were like the shrill shriek of a night flyer, echoing over the din of the battle in search of his next meal. The pain grew, like a sword thrust into her gut. Before she realized it, she was running, the sound of the dying growing silent once again. The cool night air bit into her, the snow threatening to pull her down while she cradled the child close to her breast. The night seemed to swallow her as she ran through the wood, the sound of battle slowly fading, forever. Idra awoke in a cold sweat, her heart pounding furiously. It was the dream again, and even awake, she could still see the accusatory stares of the dead. Quietly, she slipped from the bed, donning her robe, and crept out of the bedroom. She stepped into the hall, stopping at the first door on her right, and gently turning the knob, peered inside. Frey was still asleep. 
She whispered a quick word of thanks to whatever spirits or immortals that might be listening. Idra knew how loud she could get when the nightmares came. Frey had roused her several times because of them. It had taken most of the night to get her daughter back to sleep because of the commotion. A wave of relief set in. Frey hadn't woken this time. Five long years, she whispered. Five years since she had deserted her commission and the band she served. Five years since she had sworn never to take a life. That life is long over, she reminded herself. The few years were hard, but they had made it. In the cold wilderness of Sokoros, nothing came easy. Still, the villagers were kind folk, happily helping through those hard times. Everyone in the community always pulled together, ensuring no one starved. She, in turn, always grew extra for her neighbors, and they reciprocated, supplying whatever they could. Unable to sleep, she made her way to the hearth, putting some water to a pot and bringing it to a boil. Tea would help her relax. It was a rare commodity so far north, but she had found a way to make it grow. It became an incentive of sorts for the community. Once she shared her secret with the village, traders began to visit regularly, paying a good sum just to get their hands on a few pounds of it. It was one of the few plants she had grown that survived long enough for her to produce a decent yield. The familiar whistle of the pot tore her from her thoughts, and carefully taking a cloth in hand, she poured herself a cup. Mama? A familiar voice called. Edra turned and smiled. What are you doing up, little one? She asked. Her heart melted at the way Frey rubbed her eyes as she trudged closer, more so when her daughter wrapped her arms around her. I love you, Mama, she said. Idra set a cup down and scooped the little girl in her arms. Oh, my little sprite, I love you too. Eajar vigorously rubbed his hands together by the fire, the bitter cold biting at his fingertips. Arold was late. Of course, that was no surprise. Any time he was sent ahead for supplies, there was always a delay. An inn would have been preferable, but the village was too far out of the way. Yulva started laughing. Honestly, Eajar, you couldn't make it more obvious you aren't blooded? Eajar curled his lip. Forgive me for not having ice water coursing through my veins, he said. Or perhaps it was your mother who spread herself for a frost giant. He shifted his weight, barely avoided her knife as it landed just inches from his inner thigh. Carry a jar, or you might find yourself among the list Yolva has robbed of their manhood. A dark smile crossed the woman's face in response. Eajar shuddered. He knew just how cruel she could be. He looked across the campfire's flames, amusement written on Bodvar's face. You shouldn't encourage her, he commented. And you should mind your tongue, Eajar, Bodvar replied. You've only been with us for a year. Eajar bit his lip. Bodvar and his rules. The band was very strict on what they considered respectful. In his case, he was an outsider, neither blooded or born in Sokoros. Well, isn't this a pleasant sight? Eajar looked to his left to see Arald step into view from the snowy tree line. I hope you didn't spend all our money on women and drinks, Bodvar grumbled. Arald held his hands up defensively. Take it easy, Bodvar, he replied. I may have spent some of it, but you should see what I found. Errol took his pack off, pulling a small pouch from the top pocket and tossing it to Bodvar. Bodvar opened it, eyes wide in surprise. I believe we may have found her, Errol said. Eajar felt a chill, one that made the cold air around him seem warm by comparison. Each of his bandmates' eyes changed, becoming almost murderous. Did you see her? Bodvar asked. No. But who else can grow tea under these conditions? Then perhaps we should pay this village a visit? Yorva chimed in. 
Yajar locked his jaw. The smile on her pale face was frightening. It was obvious what she intended to do. Yajar, I think this detour will be a good lesson for you, Bodvar said, turning to look at him. You get to see what we do to deserters and traitors. Mark it well, and remember, you are one of us until you breathe your last. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chapter 2 The fire raged in the hearth, heating the hall. Victor scanned the chamber, vaguely listening to Gunnar drone on about mostly trivial matters. Bodvar should have sent word by now. There was too much at stake. In a month, all the clans would be gathering. Bodvar was to visit the plantations and make sure things were running smoothly. Unfortunately, Bodvar only took a handful of his own rabble with him. Gunnar, are there any messages in that mess of parchment you are holding? Gunnar paused, eyes twitching nervously. No, my lord, not any that you currently desire to hear. Victor sighed, a slight smile forming when he glanced at Gunnar. He was a skinny reed of a man. There was hardly anything Sokoran about him. His beard was full and head shaved. It was doubtful he had ever held a sword, axe, or even a shield. Curse Bodvar. There are times when I think I overpay him and his mercenaries. Overpaid or not, it is hard not to argue their effectiveness. Victor frowned, then turned his attention to the hall. Gunnar's logic was sound. There had been no more uprisings in the last five years. Bodvar's scum made it easier to govern the region and slowly build his own forces. Fern production had increased, and the coffers were filling as a result. How are we looking for this year's harvest? The plantations are on track, though the new refinement process has well... stalled, Gunnar replied. Stalled, Gunnar. It was at least some comfort to know that Gunnar understood the meaning behind the question— the aide backed away from the throne, hands held up defensively. Gunnar, have I not been generous? Milord is the definition of generosity, he replied, falling to his knees and lowering his head. Then please explain why the process has stalled. It is this new method you have devised. While it is miraculously effective, maintaining the temperature at which the white fern is treated taxes the equipment... We are lucky to distill even a barrel's worth before it breaks down. Victor stood, and Gunnar backed away fearfully. He scanned the tables where his warriors would gather at the evening meal. The hall could accommodate one hundred of them easily. Only his personal guard ate here. He sighed, looking at his banners hanging from the rafters. To most Sikorans, he was known as the Great Bear, the banners showing the likeness of one. The red tinge at the banner's edges represented his ruthless approach to battle. More delays, he grumbled. "'My lord?' Gunnar asked. "'Nothing. 
he replied, adjusting his fur cloak. Gunnar, tell the alchemists to solve the problem, or I will sell one of their children to plantation owners. The aide winced. Perhaps there is another way, my lord. He replied. Such a bleeding lamb's heart. If you are suggesting I buy a few bars of asinium to make up for the heat differential, then maybe I should put you on a plantation. Not that you would survive long enough to be useful. He looked over his shoulder. Gunnar's face was a mask. I will deliver the message, my lord. You always did work more effectively when someone else's head was on the chopping block. Good. Now, how are we faring over all this winter? Some of the rogue elements in the wilds have been more active than usual, Gunnar replied. No doubt they are struggling to find food. Goblins, orcs, or ogres? Goblins, mostly. They have been stealing sheep here and there. Your warriors are handling it. The goblins are being reminded of their place in your domain, Gunnar replied. Some of the orc tribes have moved to the coast, relying mostly on the fish and ice squid for food. Have there been any conflicts with our fisheries in port towns? It was irritating to have to deal with such vermin, but they were a deterrent for the frost giants. If the giants decided to expand from the north, the orcs and goblins would be needed allies. The giants were mostly nomadic, settling down for a time, then moving on. There were several large settlements to the east. Those were concerning. The giants were fond of frost dragons, either as mounts or food. None yet, Gunnar answered. But they won't be happy living on fish and ice squid forever. Send someone to trade some fish for grain. In a way, it works out. We don't have to pay them for the labor. That would be the most logical choice, Gunnar replied. We'll worry about the goblins later. The thieves will most likely get themselves killed, which is no loss to us. Looks like it might be a peaceful winter. What of the food stores and our plans for moving forward? We had a good harvest. The druids were very helpful, despite... Gunnar, if you remind me of that again, I will cleave your head free from your shoulders with my axe. Yet another nuisance. If it isn't the druids, it's the rangers. Forgive me, sire, Gunnar replied. Forget it. My only concern is the gathering right now. There can be no mistakes, Gunnar. Victor stood, Gunnar averting his eyes as he walked past. He walked toward the great doors of his hall and opened them, staring down the steps and into the village. Victor then turned his attention toward the landscape beyond the village. Druid, orc, ranger, or rival. Soon, I won't have to worry about dealing with him. Even Bodvar and his trash will kneel before me. Alright guys, thanks so much for listening. Hope you're enjoying these indie author spotlights. If you are, I'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and uh, hit me up. All the links are down below in the description of the episode. And uh, be sure to reach out to Matt. Tell him that you heard about uh, his work on Another World Audiobooks and share his stuff around. I know it'd be uh, super helpful. It's hard hard getting your name out there, hard getting your work out there when it's such a, a crowded space and all that sort of thing. So any help that you can throw Matt's way, um, I know he would appreciate it and I would appreciate it because I want to just provide some value to these indie authors because as an indie author, myself i understand the struggles that we go through there so definitely go and support matt and what he's doing 
We'll be coming at you tomorrow with another bonus episode, so stay tuned for that. And remember, if you like what you're hearing and uh, my narration skillage here, <laughs> you can check out all the uh, audiobooks that I've done uh, at anotherworldaudiobooks.wordpress.com or just in the back backlist of the episodes here. If you want uh, the full free versions of these audiobooks, you can go to that uh, my blog, anotherworldaudiobooks.wordpress.com slash free, and just uh, tell me where to send it, and I will send you a free full audiobook. So if you enjoy what, what we're doing here you can get all of those there so go ahead and check that out thanks guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you with a bonus episode here tomorrow Don't worry, you aren't the only one. You aren't the only business that needs help. You aren't the only person that has a hard time finding the right help at the right price. This is where Business Bloodline becomes your bloodline to temporary and permanent staffing. Business Bloodline specializes in hiring internet workers to creatively solve problems for your business. Business Bloodline does all the vetting and only delivers candidates that make sense for your needs and at a cost that you can afford. But 60 seconds isn't enough for me to tell you why hiring through Business Bloodline is safer, cheaper, and less time consuming. We would rather show you. To get more information or a business consultation, visit businessbloodline.com. If the job can be done on a computer, Business Bloodline can find a match. Visit businessbloodline.com and tell them that you heard about it on Another World Audiobooks to get 10% off your first hire. Remember to mention that you heard about it on Another World Audiobooks to get that 10% off. Businessbloodline.com